What is hyperbole? Hyperbole is exaggeration for effect. It's usually done to show strong feeling or emotional response. We are in the midst of the most volatile season on and off the park for many years. Uh, some of the officers that were working at Celtic Park were saying, this is the worst they've ever seen in 15, 20 years of service. It's terrible. That's the thing about the old firm game. It goes too far. Most of the time when it goes too far, we love it. You're playing against a player that loves to antagonise. If it's disgraceful, you've got to behave yourself. Do you not sense a change in mood? Scott Brown winding up the Rangers fans. I don't think that's new either. Scott Brown, you guys said it Something like 35 of these games he's played them. It's kicking off again down in the pitch. Got Brown. Play the next Glasgow derby behind closed doors. The Alfredo Morelos is looking from being provoked. Exception to what Scott Brown did yesterday. Player behaviour the weekend was, was unacceptable. Scott Brown was citing the crowd. Uh, Scott Brown, when he goes over to the Rangers fans, that's dangerous. Ryan Kent instantly comes from being provoked. Scott Brown. Scott Brown. Antagonistic. Scott Brown. Scott Brown. Mayhem. Scott Brown was at the centre of it all. Chaos. Scott Brown. Scott Brown. Antagonist. Scott Brown Scott Brown Scott Brown Scott Brown Scott Brown The game Time to play the game Time to play the game We come here we won we can we count We come here we won we can we count Easy yeah it's fine It's all about the game I am playing all about you. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Isn't a problem, there's no battling whatsoever. Isn't a problem, there's no battling whatsoever. I think the scoreline talks for itself. Comes out to the Celtic oh. Loses out to Scott Brown. <laughs> what about uh, Andy Halliday at the end? Oh, he came up to congratulate me. Hello and welcome to the 90 Minute Cynic podcast. I'm your host, Chris Gallagher, and I'm joined by some would say, some might say, the greatest podcast panel since last week. Um, it's Ian Dugan on my left hand side. Hello. Doogie Hauser, MD. Always on the left. It's good to be on the left of things. Generally, yes. good things come from the left. To the extreme right, it's... Um, oh, here he comes. It's Nigel uh, Farage. It's uh, a, a, a hairless, except for his beard, Chris Bowd. Brexit means Brexit. Of course. And central to it all, um, the man of the moment, even though at this moment, it's uh, he's doing weird faces. It's Alan Edgar. Hello. Hello everyone, thanks for, for taking the time. Weird, oh, off to a bad start, not said that in a while. <laughs> um, <clears throat> just going to do a bit of in-house administration. Uh, firstly, I want to say thanks to Alan's dad for li- what listening to the podcast, Mr. Edgar. It's a pleasure. Hi, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> What's your dad's name? David. Hi, David. Ian. 
Was it not someone called David Edgar bought Rangers or something like that? Is your dad the guy that bought Rangers? Dead spokesman, I believe. Spokesperson. It's not the same person, just to clarify. My credentials are in no question here. David Edgar. Edgar Davids. I don't I don't know what that means. Have you ever seen Alan and Karen Cedar from the same room? That's all I'm asking. I think they're both overrated, is the point. Relating back to... Just to clarify, I am not overrated. You're not. Edgar Davids and Clarence Seedorf, perhaps. Perfectly. We should do a podcast on how terrible Clarence Seedorf and Edgar Davids were. Hello, Mr. Edgar. Also, Paul McKinley is a keen listener of ours who has had quite a bad accident. He's seriously injured both legs. He's recovering from surgery and he's learning how to walk again. So, hi, Paul. I want to say hello, okay, Paul. Hi, Paul. Best of luck. Good luck. Good luck. You, you seem really down with that. Ian. Jeez, it's yeah. bad news. <laughs> yeah, it was bad news. Yeah, no, nah, you'll be fine. Should, should we just try it again? Then and we'll be delighted for him. Yeah, or? no, no, don't yet. Get well you, soon. In fact, if it, your reaction was perfect. That's best my wishes. Expectation. Uh, good, good luck, Paul, with uh, the recovery. And uh, yeah, uh, also it's a bit like a bit like Chapel, isn't it? You know, just kind of going around the messages <laughs> of who's, who's sort of falling ill <laughs> this week. <laughs> Favre Gallagher. Yeah, Boud's <laughs> taking a, a blessed podcast round to someone's house because they can't come and get receive their communion. Um, so, <laughs> you throw me off. No, that's fine. Uh, we're on iTunes. We are on Spreaker. We're on all of your podcast apps at Acast. We're on them all. If you want to give us a little uh, review, five star would be preferable. Yep. Always preferred. Always preferred. Um, six star is available. But it's not available as far as email iTunes and I, I email ask email iTunes ask for six star. stars just specifically for our podcast. Ninety yep. uh, minutescynic.com. We had a couple of articles up this week. We, we will have more articles up um, the, the coming week. Uh, we do a preview of all the games. Some of the previews are really really great. Some of them are not great. Honest, <laughs> I'm Honest. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> they're all really good. Everyone puts well, hard working people, really, and they're fantastic. I said that as a joke because I was going to like make a thing about me doing one, but I've not done one recently. So there you go. But no, everyone who does everything for the website is hugely appreciated and uh, fantastic stuff. And also, we've got a live lunch on Friday, and we've got a special guest, Louis McCaffrey. Ooh, he's going to be there. You excited? Bowed clearly is actually yeah. excited. It's I lucky that. that we do it in the arches because. It might be a space big enough to contain his ego. That's an excellent point. Um, we should say that this is his show and we're all just part of it. Yeah, we're, exactly. we're just living in his world. Yep. Um, so, yeah, so come Friday, um, round about midday, you'll see Louis live on video. Um, he is as handsome as... Handsome he's boy. A very he's handsome a good boy. looking boy. He is a good looking boy, to be fair. Um, what, what time in case people want to come down and observe him arrive? And people have jokingly said they're going to come down and um, like crash it. And, you know, it's funny on Twitter. Was it not it's Louis not that said he was going to come down and crash it? <laughs> yeah, well. He said he was going to sit behind us and have a coffee. Yeah, if someone wants to come down and, uh, you know, give their opinions, don't. Because Bowd, I'll text Bowd and he'll come and barter you, won't you, won't you Bowd? You're, uh, you're close by as well, that's um. Aye, Bouts Horners. Aye, calling the Horners. Calling the Horners. What's your gang again? Rastate. Rastate. <laughs> <laughs> the least <laughs> gangy. It's, o- it's almost as if we have nothing to talk about this week. I know. Celtic I know. didn't it's have a It's been a really quiet <laughs> week. Um, yeah. oh, thanks for listening. Thank you. Celtic 2, Rangers 1. Um... I just want to get your thoughts on the game. Um, Spoilers, guys, for the result. Of the yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'll get I'll get Alan's point point of view first, just on the game in general. Just generally, I, I would say from a fan point of view, it, it was exhausting. Um, best atmosphere I would say at Celtic Park in the first half, certainly for a long time. 
Um, and I think by the time it got to halftime, everybody was bushed, quite frankly. Um, and I think the players must have been as well because the second half was entirely different. Um, I had everything. It really did have everything. You cannot be a shame game. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> you cannot be a shame game. You can win 5-1 all you like, but I must have spent hours trolling Twitter <laughs> after the game. And the entertainment that it provided was first class. It dripped over into Monday, even into today. It's just great. It really is. Dripped over. It's just fantastic. Ian, thoughts on the game, just in general? I, I thought it was probably the best 60 minutes we've played under Lennon. And and then it all just kind of fell apart for half an hour. And, and, and I was genuinely... You know, starting to feel like physically sick. I'm just like, the fuck has this happened? How have we taken a position of of dominance and and seriously we're going to throw it the fuck away? And and you know, luckily, Forrest came up with the goods. Um, well, Edward, came Edward up with the goods, was fantastic. Absolutely, no, taking nothing away from Forrest. No, no, absolutely. Um, and yeah, so you know. I do think there are some questions to be asked as to how you take a position where you are so dominant and and then all of a sudden it's like, don't know which way is up. And, yeah. and you know, we could have ended up losing the game, which is... Yeah, which is incredible to think. Bowd, yeah. you were seeming at your box. What did you think of it? I don't remember. <laughs> um, no, it was, it was a fantastic game of football to watch. It wasn't, as um, Ian was touching on there, it wasn't a perfect game of football from Celtic in any manner of means and there's... There's a few things there that we can criticise, but um, some of the performances were outstanding as a spectacle, as an entertaining match. It was out of this world. Um, the joy, the vomit in the pit of the stomach f- for large parts of that game. Do you like having that back? <sighs> yes and no. I mean, it's horrible. You know, the last two years, last two or three years, we've we've literally went into these games and have... Don't get me wrong. There's certain there's a level of nerves, but usually as the game starts, we usually just take over and we dominate. And um, that's not something that happens as much. Uh, I kind of as much as it was vomit and juicing, and you felt it in the pit of your stomach. I like the fact that, um, and a lot of it was their own doing. By the way, I'm not buying this. Rangers are fucking great because they're not. No. Um, I mean, I could probably name four of their players now, whereas oh, I could yeah. name two of them in yeah. seasons gone by. So I think they're a wee bit better. Yeah, but no, um, we should be we should be trouncing Rangers, frankly. They're <laughs> shite. Wow, they are shite. Um, it was some crack, though, wasn't it, lads? It was some crack. What a what a what a bit of patter that was crack. Uh, Alan, what did you think of the lineup? I think the the biggest. Let, let, let's look at where obviously Celtic. The first forty five minutes, I agree with what you guys have said. I thought I actually thought we played some really really scintillating football. It's lovely. There was really some. Fantastic one-touch stuff. Two minutes in, and Cham, Cham plays one of the best Outside passes. of the right foot. Oh, fuck me. And then nearly finishes it off himself. It was absolutely beautiful. And set the tone. Did see, set the tone. Fantastic. Um, from that from that perspective, I just thought the first half. Let, let's focus on that firstly. What went right, Al? I think what you had was three guys in the middle of the park for Celtic. McGregor, Brown, and Cham, who were infinitely better than the three players they were playing against. That's where the control in the game, for me, came from. Um, they were just better individually than those players, but they were playing in a system. It's probably the best I've seen Brown and, and Champ play together for a yeah. long time yeah, as well. Yeah, um, and Champ played higher up, which is really, really important. Um, 
he doesn't then come and take the ball off the defenders, which causes a problem because it then puts him and Brown into similar positions. And then Scott Brown goes up and takes higher positions, which he's not comfortable with. Um, so I think the control that they had there allowed everybody else to do their job. Yeah. Um, and, and I think Celtic were, they were really good. Um, probably, I think when Rangers went down to 10 men, after that, to be honest, I think the way they changed the system, we never got to grips with that at any point in the game. And it didn't really change their game plan for them. Because all it meant was the two wingers essentially just had to do a lot more work. But, and I hate saying it, in fairness to them, they did do it or they did what they should do in that situation pretty well. And it was almost as if we felt as if, right, okay, they're down to 10 men. There, there is a boost from this, but we're not getting the rewards from mm. it. And I think the frustration came from that. Yeah. And then that definitely spilled over into the second half when our problems then became worse. The fans weren't given them anywhere near the same leeway because you're not playing against 11 men so we should be doing better and I think from then I turned and said to my mate that I was at the game with when Boyata went off this is turning into a shit show because at that point at that point I thought um, because even 11 v 10 we were really really struggling Um, we didn't know what we were doing when um, they popped the ball out wide Tierney didn't know whether he was to press right up onto Tavernier or whether it was to tuck in beside Ayer and help with Candace and from there it, it, it then just meant he was stuck in no man's land and that's actually where the goal came from yeah. um, as well and that's, that's not you know Tierney you can argue whether he was fit or not or, you know, I don't, I, I don't know I, I respect if he was on the park and he's got to be told you either go up tight against the man or you come flat beside your fullback you can't go into a halfway position where you then think, right, I'll go and try and get the ball now and then I'll tuck back in. You had to do one or the other um, and ended up kind of doing neither and that is where the goal comes from. Yeah, because what, f- what I found in the first half was, and this is something that, you know, we, we've talked about previously, um, Morelos is a very good footballer. I, you can't question the fact that the guy's, he's got 27 goals this season. Um, you know, he does miss easy chances at points, um, but he doesn't offer them anything from an outball perspective against us. No. The, and see when he went off, their players had to work that little bit harder. But I, as you say, I don't think their system changed that much. I just think that the players put a little bit more effort in and therefore squashed our kind of idea of, you know, we're against 10 men because they were very disciplined, they were very structured, they knew exactly what they were going to do. Sometimes, I looked at, sometimes I've looked at our players under Lennon, and again, this isn't a massive criticism of him because he's not a time we work with him a, a, a lot, but I sometimes look at our players and I'm like, do you know exactly what your job is? Yeah, I think the, <clears throat> one of the problems that, that Rangers had that Celtic really didn't in the first half was the, the, the quality of passing from the Rangers' defence was appalling. Yeah. And I think I don't think Gerrard had set that team up to sit in, but essentially they couldn't get out. I mean, we, um, Goldson and Worrell, I mean, they could not hit a pass. And then you've got actually Boyata and Ayer who can either play a good ball or actually, you know, he's doing the, the whole overlapping into midfield bit and and again you've got that kind of you, all of a sudden you've got four people in there dominating that midfield and it was incredible um yeah um about i've got i've got a note here and i'm saving it for you uh, well it's not a bit brown you we, we've got the brown Who? we've got the the brown 45 minutes with <laughs> the chris bowd coming up in just a few um but i've put iron i've put a wee like star beside it absolutely for me man of the match Oh. Um, and there were some I see, outstanding performances. Like Enid was it mentioned Big Eddie earlier on, who was showing why we paid nine million for him yep. and why we're going to make a lot more off of him when we eventually sell him. But Christoph Iyer was just a 
He was a, a giant amongst men. And I think when you literal, think that, that he, he takes that knock in the first couple of minutes and he keeps doing that. I said, my brother said that to me. He's like, he's like you know, we've got to tell him to get his head out of the way of some of these things because, you know, he could have ended up with a concussion or anything. As it was, they got the, got the, cut, the cut man come on nice nice and closed up. It's not but, boxing for fuck's sake. Well, I was thinking that maybe we do need to invest well, in a cut man for that. <laughs> yeah. But, do you know, so, so, so that happens... He doesn't shirk away in, in any sense, and as I say, when he when he makes that tackle um, for Worrell from a ball that should never have gone in because it was a player that put it in who shouldn't have been on the pitch, but that's re- regardless. I mean, that's tackle of the season, absolutely brilliant goal saving tackle, goal saving tackle, just as important as yeah. any goal. And, and he goal. celebrates it like a goal, and quite fucking right. Yeah, does quite a, fucking right. There's a reason Christian Wolf isn't here because we couldn't have Christian Wolf talking about Ayer and Chris Bow talking about Scott Brown, um, <laughs> because that wouldn't be that would just be two people. Uh, what about Edward? Um, personally, I thought he put in a performance akin to. I was thinking about this today. Um, obviously, Henrik Larsson is one of the best players I've ever seen, so it's unfair to even compare. But Pierre van Hoydonk against Rangers at Ibrox in the 2-2 draw. Now, they're not not—they're very different types of players, but just in terms of focus, just in terms of creating things for other players and taking your own opportunities. I, I thought Edward played like he was 29. Um, I thought he played like he was... Absolutely at the top of his game. Showed a lot of experience. His strength. He's so strong. He's so, he does it because you look at him and you're like, well, you know, he doesn't look like he's the biggest. He's, he doesn't look like he's the strongest. He's holding off defenders like they were wee guys. Nice. Yeah, and he's supposed to be the wee guy in that situation. Um, what, what I'd really... I, I, I don't think there's a greater sight in watching any player. See, when you've got a, a player who you know is comfortable and knows that he can take someone on one one on one. You don't really see that a lot, even with wingers. You don't see them necessarily just going at someone. But as soon as that indecision for the first goal was shown, you could tell Edward was in control of that situation the yeah. whole time. A good defender decides, right, okay, I'm gonna accept you might get a shot away, so I need to then make that shot as difficult as possible. Uh, what what um Worrell does is it he allows Edward to pick what he wants to do. And I think there's a really good example now. I, I'm not comparing because it's unfair, but there was one in the Tottenham-Liverpool game at the weekend. Van and Van Dyke accepts that Sissoko will get a shot away and might well score. But what he does is he pushes him onto his unfavoured side yeah. and then narrows it. He takes away one option, forces him into one. He's in control of that situation. Waddle, when I get it into respect, is playing against someone who knows he's got him. And it, it, it was like watching a... It was like watching a great point guard, like a James Harden, go against someone and he's just got him on skates. And the guy knows he's got him, he knows he's got him, and it's just whether he can finish it. And they did. It was it, it was fantastic. You, you very seldom do you see a striker show that level of composure, calmness, and then finish it. it it's it's absolutely incredible. I was delighted for him. One, one of the kind of criticism that <clears throat> one of the criticisms that people kind of um, hit towards Eddie is that he looks a bit lackadaisical. He sometimes looks like he doesn't care. That's his game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how he plays. He he plays like if I miss this opportunity, another one will come. Don't worry about it. That's just that's just how he plays. Um and I, obviously his goal was fantastic. Um his assist for James Forrest. Forrest assisted him as well, so yeah. the, the return in the favour. Fantastic. Ball. Yeah. Fantastic ball. And Forrest gets it out of his feet so quickly and with such, you know, 
technique and style. Yeah. Um, both both of our goals come from essentially Rangers giving away possession and positions that they should never be giving away possession. And that's the thing as well with the second goal. McGregor does really well. He, he spots that. He's on it. It's what, 86 minutes aye. in and he's still bursting to get that ball. Aye. What, yeah, what do you think of McGregor about? Aye. Just that game? Uh, I wouldn't say it's McGregor's best game, but aye, I think he was solid and he, he did the job. He was industrious. He's pushing. He made things happen. I... While watching the game, I remember thinking that, oh, you know, he said an, an okay game. Coming away from it, I was like, well, he wasn't as influential as he has been. I rewatched the game. He has like, and I don't know stat-wise, but he has like four or five unbelievably key passes mm. that um, either lead to opportunities or lead to goals. Alan? Yeah, that the pass, uh, the, the seat I sit in a parkhead is directly behind um, the pass that for the opportunity Sinclair had. And it was... The, the pass was sensational. It's really hard to open up a defence with a straight pass because players know you're going to do it. Yeah. So you have to then shape your body to make it seem as if you can't possibly play that pass. Now, I granted it's against Tavernier, so maybe take that into account a little <laughs> bit. But it, it, it was fantastic. If Sinclair would have scored that, then McGregor's your man in a match potentially because it's that's the hardest thing to do. A straight pass. Angled passes are much easier, but playing a straight ball and being able to cut through two defenders is... It's just very difficult to do. So we get, as I say, we'll talk, we'll, we'll talk about Bruni in a minute. Um, but we get to half time. Um, we miss a few opportunities. Uh, we get to half time. I was in the pub with my dad, and I'm looking at him like, "We've got it here. Like, you know, this is fine. We, we could try it." I think that was. Well, I, th- I thought we could have go- gone on and got another two or three. Um, where did it go wrong, Ian? You've got a wee point to make, don't you? But the the wee point. The wee point. <laughs> Remember? What you one? The one about the lone players? Yeah. Oh, no, no, sorry, that's a different point. Yeah, make your point, point whatever. Sorry. I fucked that up, didn't I? Johnny Hayes? What are we talking about? Just make a fucking point about the <laughs> any game. Point, any any point. point about us not in the second half. I thought... This is all my fault. The I've, I've blown this. I, I, I think you start to question Lennon's lineup as the... That team yes, starts to tie. I apologize. Yeah. So when you look at that starting eleven, you have to assume that that Tierney's not going to last ninety. Incham. You can't really expect Incham to play ninety. So you're like, okay, right. So you've got two players that are, are sixty minutes going to have to come off, and he goes and he takes Hayes off, and 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 I think that kind of starts to sow the seeds for the the difficult ending yeah. essentially and I've seen some people say Hayes took a, a, a knock and maybe had a dead leg or some sort of injury but you've got you've got to question then see if you're taking the risk and turning your left back why is Hayes playing yeah, yeah. I, I think that's the biggest um, when we I think we all we'd all agree that what what the problem I had with the lineup was that you know no matter what you think of Sinclair as a player no matter what you think of him in terms of form, he's very good against Rangers. When yep. it come, he, he scores goals. He knows how to play against Rangers, um, and he, he, you know, he's a winger. He's going to have up and down form, but he scored a lot of goals this season. I don't know why he's started if it wasn't going to be at left back. I, I find I find he's starting. This we referred this back last week when we said about um, Lennon and his you know previous days at Parkhead throwing in the odd curve ball that you wouldn't really you know. You wouldn't you wouldn't see coming in a way to kind of undermine what the opposition team's going to do. It, undermined is all right. I, I thought it was a you know I, I think John I like John Hayes. I think he's a handy player. If if you're going to play him, fine. But you can't play him and Tierney as as Ian says is going to probably la- shouldn't not going to last the game. Uh, uh, 
your man in Cham as well. Yeah. yeah. And then on top of that, Boyata as well, already having kind of an injury and having to come away from international duty. And on top of that, when he takes in Cham off, who does he put on? Cham uh, fitness logic. Yeah. For, for me, we were just kind of discussing it before, and I, I would take a slightly different view, irrespective of an injury or otherwise. I, I would have taken Hayes off at half time. That's forget who we started with at half time in the position we were in. Hayes on a yellow card for me was yeah. a, was a concern because it, it didn't look like he was up to speed with the game. He wasn't playing badly, but he wasn't really participating. Things weren't coming off for him, and he just looked a little bit frustrated. And for me, that was that was a real concern. Um, so I, I would be aware of that, especially someone who's not played a lot. But that's where the decision to start. Yep, ab- yeah, absolutely. And 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 so so this was this was the point I thought Chris was trying to set me up for. <laughs> Here we go. Which it's, it's, it's like kind of yeah, it's, a, it's a set up within a set up. It's an inception set up. For me, if Lennon wants to spring a surprise, then. Why doesn't he start Burke or Weah? There's a very strange that of the 15 Celtic players who came on the pit, uh, 14, sorry, um, none of our loan players stepped on at the pitch. And and I don't know whether, is, is this something deliberate? But as I say, I'd have thought if you were going to say, I'm going to drop Sinclair, then Hayes wouldn't have been exactly who I'd have thought. And he... Uh, to be fair, he's, he he's done well he recently right. as well. Yeah, when yeah, he's yeah. had chances, he's came on and he's, he's looked decent. But I, I think for me starting them, I, I wouldn't have done it. But what you've then got to do is is then game plan for different scenarios. And I, I think it's it's maybe a little bit unfair because I've read a lot this week about the you know changes in the second half. I think it was unfortunate. I, I, I didn't disagree with the decision to take him off at half time because he tried them. It didn't really work. It didn't not work in the first half, but he could have been better and you've got better options on the bench when he brought Sinclair on A he's unfortunate that Sinclair didn't really perform Yeah. secondly the change he had to make and Cham come off pretty much bang on 60 minutes um, and for me watching it he, he, he had yeah, he had to come off oh um, he, was, he was absolutely was, blown out of his arse and I actually bent over doubled over yeah, aye, and, and I knee. think I think almost we start to lose control of the game as Insham yeah, gets more the, tired. The, the reason I think that we lost control ab- specifically after it went off as well is Rangers played and didn't change the, that three that they had in the middle of the park. Yeah. So when they lost getting sent off, didn't change that. They had three central midfielders against our three and our three were better. When Incham goes off and he's replaced by Rogic, who, forget the fitness thing again, even at his best, he can help you going forward but at that point in the game Rangers were exerting control over yeah. the game and Roger isn't going to help match up against guys who that he's playing against not because he's but that's just not his game yeah. so we went from having three in the mid, middle of the park that could do the same running had that and could exercise control over the game to having two plus Roger and Roger when he came on he, he was a passenger f- fitness or otherwise but even if he was playing well I, I don't think that was the scenario or situation to bring him into the game I don't think that was the change then after that, the Boyata and Tierney things, you, you probably can't legislate for the Boyata one. The Tierney one, I, I don't know enough about the situation and uh, rumours and things for me. If you pick him, he's fit. If he's not fit, then he shouldn't start. They and said I don't think a, it should be his decision. Yeah, when it was a cramp I really don't think that he came off with. I mean, it wasn't, I don't think it was necessarily related to the calf injury or the hip injury, but... So do you think we're being too harsh or too light on Lennon? I, I to make it difficult for me, I think that we're not picking out the right things. The, the fact that he didn't have a central midfielder 
on the bench who could come into the game yeah. and do a specific role like a beat on. I realise that I, I don't know if he was injured, but he wasn't on the bench for whatever reason. Would Malumbo have been a good option if he'd been on the bench? Just out of curiosity. But you need someone that can play deeper than what Roderick did. And we didn't have anybody on the bench. The only other option would have potentially been Benkovic for Ayer and then moving Ayer into the park. Yeah. But again, he's not played there and he was phenomenal at centre-half. But for me, I just it seemed fairly obvious that that's what Rangers were doing. And I think everybody, whether they knew what we had to do or not, everybody knew there had to be something to change. But nothing really changed. We decided, right, let's bring on the players we think we can affect the game. But actually, we'd lost control of the game by that point. And it, it was then became reactive. And my issue with Lennon is, I think what we should, we should have been looking at is, is looking at it overall, saying, why is it not working? Because the players in the park are good enough. How do we then change that? And then his hands were forced with injuries. That's fine. I don't think you can blame him for that, for Boya and the TNA thing. But I, I think the system that he had, I don't think it was right. I don't think it was a personnel issue. I, I think it was a case of we didn't have players on the bench who could do the required jobs. And when you've got seven subs and a squad the size we do, I, I don't understand why that's the case. I feel like he went he went for box office. He wanted he wanted the the story of Rogic coming back after three months. Yeah. Finally arrives back from the World Cup and and puts the game beyond Rangers. And as you say, wrong sub at the wrong time. And and the boy didn't even look like he could walk. Yeah, Rogic, run. Rogic looked yeah like he should be nowhere near a bench of yeah. a football team, let alone a starting or, or coming. You on. Know, it's fine to put him on the bench if you're. Oh man, this will give them something to think there, about. There is, but, but leave him there, fuck's sake. There is something to be said about trusting players and all that. Something uh, you know, he trusts Rogic. He knows what he's going to get with Rogic. I, I don't know if touch goes. You know, I, I don't understand why. I get not being match fit, and it's yeah, it's a fast paced game, but it just his touches were poor. It, it, I don't know what it was, but he did not look anywhere near. We call it match fit, call it natural fitness, whatever you like. But when he came on, he was either making the wrong decisions or he wasn't able to make to do the right things. And for me, it was more decision making than fitness. I think we're being a wee bit generous to him by saying that it was. You're fitness. lucky, Louis, not here by the yeah. way. Uh, <laughs> that's why I'm comfortable making these comments. I, I think he wasn't fit from what I remember. But were you training with the boys on Thursday again? <laughs> It was a really difficult game to come into. Just uh, think about your first competitive game in God knows how long, and it's the Rangers game, and they are currently <laughs> dominating as a Rangers. I'm not see see playing against the players that they had. We lost control of the game for ourselves, and then when you get a guy coming on who is a quality player making the wrong decisions, that for me is just that's criminal. That really. When he came on, the position we were in, surely trying to get it, if you nutmeg Warrell on the line and you steam into the box and score, and do you know what, Roderick has that capability. Yeah. But see, when you, well, that used to almost horse and Rangers 5-1, and it's almost as if it's the way he is and all this kind of thing. You need to make sure you win the game before you, you to, do yeah, that. Yeah, you need to work for I, it, yeah. And I don't like saying that because that's very cliche, but really... I, I feel as if he was miles off the pace and I feel it's generous to say it was fitness. Um, and I don't know whether it comes from him or it comes from the manager. I, I really don't know, but it, it wasn't right when he came on the park and he was he was a passenger. We were, we were down to... Yeah. Yeah, was I mean, a, it was a wrong decision. We are the 90 minute cynic, so we are looking at it from a more cynical point of view. But to look at the positive side of it, Chris Bowd. <sighs> Take a breath. <sighs> Scott Brown. <laughs> he should have played the song. 
a horrendous song. Scott Brown, Scott uh, Brown. No. He's the That's really bad. No. I have night terrors to that. <laughs> uh, Scott Brown bowed, uh, getting every prick sent off, dominating oh. life, taking care of business, uh, and then just deciding who he decides who stays on the pitch and who doesn't. Yeah. Uh, even a, after the game. Even after the game. Um, what did you make of his performance? Uh, I thought he was fantastic. Um, again, later into the second half, the performance dipped. But I mean, the first half he looked like he was strolling about the pitch. Yeah, it's just he's he owned it. He owned, he owned when, the when, Eddie, when Eddie scores, he's he's wide open. Do you know what I mean? Eddie, yeah. Eddie could really, arguably yeah. have passed. He, was but really he gives that option and aye. he pulls defenders. And yeah, 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 yeah. I um, he was he was he's making great challenges. He's making great passes. He was just. Jackie was performing right. Like, okay, there's been a lot of um, nonsense in the media about um, you know he's classless and he's not acting like a Colin Hendry who fucking elbow smashed uh, a San Marino player, um, almost killing him. I was at that game and he literally almost killed the guy, um, saying that's not how a, a captain. Um, uh, that's not how a captain acts. I fucking is. I think it's utter nonsense. See if these commentators are on. Just wee- call them what they are. They scum. They the yeah. scum. If they're on their wee WhatsApp with their pals during the game saying that, that's fine. See if you're a professional sports journalist or media representative of some sort. Wow, you're yeah, coming really out. Posh. Yep, you're coming out making that statement. Retire. Retire now. And see if that's you don't. It. Chris Bowe's going to come to your door and he's going to retire you. If you if you're the captain of any any sporting club at any level anywhere in the world, and you go out. And you manage to get reaction influences from the player by giving someone a tippy tappy on the leg, holding the ball back from somebody, which happens all the time. All the time. I mean, that happens all the time in a football pitch. And and do you know what? Maybe celebrating about five yards away from where you should, and that gets three players sent off. Fucking hell, man! I mean, as somebody, Scott Brown is living rent free in their heads every fucking minute of the day. Absolutely, the, the the strength of his character I, I've never at any level of football seen a player react the way Morelos did I've n- I don't think I've seen some what Ryan Kent did I, I didn't see it at the time in fairness because I was too busy watching the flair because man. I'm attracted yeah. to shiny lights <laughs> <laughs> um, but for Morelos it was the timing in the game it, he didn't start great touch wasn't really there and he was getting a tough time but the, there was no I've seen a lot of screenshots on Twitter and people saying they had, you know, Morelos to get sent off at crazy odds and all this kind of thing. And I heard people say that before the game. I thought the most likely option in this game, and it shows how foolish I am, I thought there was absolutely zero chance Morelos get sent off in this game because it was so obvious. I don't understand why, in the the lead-up to a big game like that, what you often have is players will train a certain way. And if you've got a good squad that are well-involved and a big squad which Rangers have and Celtic have, Sometimes what you'll do to save reserve players is, is get them to try and mimic what players will do. So if you've got, sometimes you'll get a reserve goalkeeper that will try and mimic what the other goalkeeper does. Yeah. I don't understand, and, and they might well have done it, but surely every day in training this week, certain players would have been told, nibble, nibble, nibble. Don't foul, don't hurt, because obviously he's a key player, but make life difficult for him. And the moment he reacts, the coach then steps in and says, you can't handle it in training, how are you going to handle it in the game? And make the player think about it. For it to get to Sunday, 30 minutes into the game, Rangers are still in the game. <laughs> still in the game. Celtic go one nothing up. Yeah, there's a lot of noise. Fans in the park. The atmosphere, as I say, was wild. Morelos, if you watch it, 
Morelos is the one going round the Rangers players after Celtic score. He is trying to G them up. At that thing, you think, wow, this guy's showing a bit of leadership qualities. Yeah. He then, Scott Brown clips his heels, if that, and he elbows him in the face. I, I, amateur football, if I'd seen that in amateur football, I'd think, wow, that's incredible. For that to be someone who's on... He's, he's, a, fu- he's a future of Colombian football, according to Billy Dodds. every single day yeah, of the week. Can. If they didn't have that happening all week, then there's a problem yeah. there. Yeah, I, I don't understand yeah. how that is not... The whole week drummed in... You stop the coaching session and you say, you can't handle it in training. How are you going to handle it in the game? Yeah. Think about it. There's a learning moment there. We all move on. Happy, hands, right off the park. Everybody's delighted. Instead, it, it, it hasn't. And they wouldn't have just it's told him, look, they'll try to wind you up. They would have said, Scott, Scott Brown's going to try to wind you up. <laughs> I mean, Baldy guy, where's number eight? Shite song. But, you know, and, and, and you've seen... I don't know why. I've caught myself watching some Rangers games this year and I really never fucking do it, right? But I think I've watched like two Rangers games and in the... <laughs> That's not a lot. <laughs> I thought you were going to say like... It's more seven. than I would normally watch. We're right? not playing Celtic but by any chance. No, no, no. <laughs> Apart from those... Right, but the two Aberdeen games, right? I watched the two Aberdeen games and in the first... McKenna, yeah. Well, no, no, no. So the, the cup game, right? Oh, yeah, okay. So Morelos gets booked in 15 minutes, right, for diving. And essentially what... Clancy's done at that point is he's refereed Morelis out of the game and his head just kind of goes and he's like well uh, you know there was a melee in front of him and he's like well I'd better hold myself back so he obviously is capable of some form of self-control but as I say it's just Brown I mean it is purely that reaction and to be perfectly honest I said on Friday on the live lunch that this was a huge game for Brown and he had... He'd been taking know, mental notes about who he's exactly. going to get back. And he, that's the thing. See Scott Brown, see Ibrox when we when we were... Awful game of football. When Andy Halliday... Eh, not Andy Halliday, sorry. When uh, the absolute... By the way, I just want to say this. See Scott Arfield, right? Silence, right? Silence. See Scott Arfield, right? <laughs> Scott Arfield is the most... I, I'm actually getting angry. I'm not even going to say it. See the silence, that's it. That's what I think of Scott Arfield. Like... He is so nothing. He is so fucking nothing. This is how pathetic he is. He did the brownie, brownie behind Brown's back. <laughs> when Brown did it, he was right in front of that scumbag's face. Look at me. Here we fucking go, right? And, and see, see, see Arfield, he kind of goes, eh. He doesn't like, even do it, right? Because his arms are limp at the top. <laughs> I mean, he actually looks at him. Everybody I, knows that Brownie has to have a stiff elbow. Of course. Let's, Listen, it's all about a stiff elbow. Anyway. Exactly. Let's clarify that. Glad we get that down. Ask Morelos. Thank you. <laughs> but but Scott Scott Arfield, um, absolute nothing. No mark. No mark. Um, but you know um, when he did that to Brown, Brown just got on with it. He just he gets head down, and you could see him being like, oh, "Christ, I'm going to get you back." And see halfway through the first half when he puts that tackle in him and absolutely goes through him, and the ball breaks. You can just see him looking at him like, "There you fucking go." Yeah, there's your fucking Bruni. You I talked about that. it. You said you said his personal mental admin of who he's going to get back is it's second a, to none. It's an assassination it's list. A- <laughs> And he literally is ticking it from mental notes. Like the Terminator? Yes, exactly, yeah. You know, Scott Arfield. And I think, perversely, like, listening to Gerard's press conference today, just on on, on the way over, and I think that's kind of what he's trying to get out of his players. He's like, oh, you know, I told the players, you know, look look at the reactions, look at the celebrations, make sure you remember what you see on uh, social media, you know, because we've got another chance. And... Do you know who remembers what he sees? Scott, Scott fucking Brown. That's who fucking remembers. Yes! Bowed. 
Gas! Yes! Do you know the thing with, with the Morelos thing that when your manager says, however many months ago, I can't, that it's hard to change and it's very difficult to do and if you take that away from see all these things that feeds into then the attitude yeah. that I'm a top goal scorer team if I, I get sent one. off well Deal so be it. it I'll be back yeah. in the team in four games which Gerard came out really aggressively after the game before I came in here listening to a, a broadcast radio station and Gerard sounds like he softened his stance <laughs> because I've sat yeah. down and had a chat a chat two days after the game so he's got four weeks to sit and stew and then he's back in the team and well, Morelos has missed give it a week at least before you fucking will. Morelos has dis- missed a quarter of the season through suspension. That's fucking wild. What are you saying, but I was just going to say if he can displace Defoe, who's obviously been a fantastic buy for them. I was really the big guns of Davis and Defoe coming on late. Buying, buying, buying goals. I, I, I totally buying forgot. Goals. I forgot about. Davis, that's how much of like he's oh, finished. Man. Like I forgot that he was I, even on the bench. As I say, I, I worked down in Southampton quite a lot, and there's a, there's a few scummers down there, as as the Portsmouth fans call them. <laughs> I've not picked a side, to be honest. <laughs> Portsmouth seem a bit more like Rangers, so I shouldn't say scummers. I should say Southampton fans. But yeah, like boy Gareth, he was like that. He said Davis. Can he walk? He said. He said, you know, good luck to him. He's like, but I'm glad to have him off the wage bill. And he's a, he t- he too one hundred percent proven to be correct. An, two ankle, um, massive ankle injuries this season alone, let alone thing. Um, see with uh, Andy Halliday and all that stuff, uh, it's just laughable, isn't it? I mean, Andy Halliday is. See, see, after this is a guy who has children, right? Who said after the last Old Firm game when he scored a goal in a one 0 win. That it was the greatest day of his life. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I like on. to think that when I come on here, I try and make some rational points and I try not to get the fan head on. But like me and about Andy Halliday is <laughs> fucking shit. <laughs> this guy is ham. He oh, is garbage. Yes, absolute garbage. The whole game, they had to double every time Forrest got the ball because they know that he's got him on toast. It, it, whether it's Forrest or anybody else, they always had to double that. did make it difficult for Forrest. Not because I can't beat Hardy, but because if I beat him, then I've got to then beat somebody else. So Aye. what do you do? Don't take the risk. Play it inside, and then you're, you've got a man, man over. over yeah. It just... If you're having to do that, I mean, I don't know this Barisic guy. I think he was injured, maybe? Yeah, he's he injured, was injured, yeah. Hardy seems like he's played a lot of games this year. Um, my, a guy who I sat beside uh, work, he said, essentially, that Barisic is showed flashes but has been really inconsistent for them but um, it must be dreadful if he's a, if he's missed one game this year because Hardy's been selected over him then right, he must be but that, I mean, mean, he's that, wasted Hardy's garbage the best really but, the best thing about the, the whole Brown Hardy situation is there's I saw a wider angle of it last night and like so Brown do you he know does, what? He does the get up, you two he just fans. He fucking does. He fucking, he deserves to do it. It's his house. It's he runs that. It's his house. He runs everything. They, they sing songs about his dead sister. It's quite fucking right, right? Fucking right. Is up. it the most sensible decision he's ever made in his life? Probably not, right? Anyway, he's walked about 15 yards away from the Rangers fans by the time Halliday catches yeah, up to yeah. him. And you're like, again, it's like, where's the control? Where's Gerard saying... You know, uh, Gerard, Gerard said that Andy Halliday was defending his people, and I would have done the same. <laughs> now, see all this stupid hyperbole about how this is the worst Scottish football has been, and it's you know, ready to break out into a mass brawls, and people are going to be you know explode on the pitch and all this stuff. Um, see, using phrases like he was defending his people, and I would have done the same. 
doesn't help. It no, really I, doesn't help. It be, begs the question who are Andy Halliday's people. Exactly. <laughs> Troglodytes, c- really cave dwellers. Me. Yeah. Uh, one more f- point on Brown, though. Um, and I know this is the thing about Stephen Gerrard, right? He says stuff. He's, he's almost like Trump, right? Because he says, he says stuff as if it's the first time he's ever spoken and no one has a recollection or record of anything. <laughs> so people have been putting up that sort of thing. Uh, the video when he was on BT Sport and he was talking about Scott Brown and I'm going to attempt an accent. The, the thing about Scott Brown is that, you know, he... he, he it's not bad, right? It's, it, I mean, if, if Stephen Gerrard was a Pakistani person, <laughs> then perhaps... I hope it's not a long quote. <laughs> That you're going for here because that's so I'll stop the accent. I thought it was okay. It's better than my Christian Wolf impressions. <laughs> Uh, but no, basically what he said was Scott Brown uh, deserves respect because Scott Brown goes in hard and if you take that away from the game, then there'll be nothing left. I, There's nothing that Scott Brown did on the football in that footballing arena, that magnificent footballing arena known as uh, Paradise. But there's, what did Scott Brown do? He, he goaded the Rangers fans, did he? I, you know, he, he did the one-up when he was far away from yeah. them. Fuck it. Listen, I was in 1999, I was there when they did the huddle right in front oh, of us and they were uh, gasping to start a riot. So... This bullshit about um, Scott Brown be Scott Brown provocation. Scott Brown should be the first minister of of Scotland now. Yeah, and it bowed. He could probably get Brexit sorted. Maybe just president. Yeah, listen, wear those wee glasses and power people. Lord, Lord Provost, maybe functional, but no actual power. <laughs> no actual power. Lord, uh, Lord Provost, that sounds a wee bit too close to Lord Provost for that. It does. Government's perspective. Um, but the, the, po- the point about Brown is um, he was magnificent. If anyone thinks he did anything there in was any way a, There was line, a guy on the Clyde phone in who was asking why the compliance officer wasn't looking. <laughs> 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 He's like, does Morelos have to get injured before someone looks at these things? I, I, quite, I quite fancy applying for that compliance officer. Because <laughs> I feel like I've, I've done their job this week. Um, see, see, just the final point. What I'm going to ask you this, Alan. Uh, define class within football. Out with football? No, define class within football. Like, what, what makes a player someone that's got class? What makes a... You know, Scott Brown didn't show any class. Because they say that, you you know, any signs of aggression... Um, is seen as classless, I guess, but then you have to be aggressive. What do you think? It's, it's very difficult. I, I, when you hear people say class, they're always talking about the players that are 10 steps ahead of everybody else, mm. you know, guys like Pirlo and Chavi. There's no question those guys are class, but see when you're 10 times better or infinitely better than someone you're playing against, it's easy to do that. See what you need to do. See, see For me, I want, a, I want a winner. Don't get me wrong, see if you could give us in the S in his prime, happy days. He doesn't need to wind anybody up. But seeing the, the level we're at, do you know what? We, we need guys that can do different elements of the game. That, that's the same in every level of football. You've got your wingers that are good, happy to take the ball on the feet, your central midfielders that can move the ball. Every team somewhere in the park, though, needs somebody to drive other people on. Yeah. Or, alternatively, make the numbers a bit easier, <laughs> which Scott what was, Brown does what, for us. You know, what was Gattuso at AC Milan? Do you know yes. what I mean? It's, the other it's thing a is, part of the game. Scott Brown had an elbow thrown at him, a fist thrown at him, and we're talking about Scott Brown's lack of class. Ah, yeah. it's, it's classic victim blaming. I mean, he was essentially assaulted twice at his work. I mean, and, and properly assaulted. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, though. Kent, so Kent's going to get a two-match ban, but they've appealed it, so therefore he can play in the next game. I just think two-match two ban's a bargain for punching somebody in the face. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, well, that's the thing. They now need to come back and lengthen that. I, I, I'm surprised that 
I, I did think if you punch someone, I mean, I don't know, I, I've, I can't believe I'm reading things about whether it's a closed fist or it's an open fist, but that, that's where we're at. Yeah. Um, but if you punch somebody square in the face, I would have thought more than Just so you're aware, in professional wrestling in America, you can only use an open fist in, in, the, in British wrestling, you can use a closed fist. There you go. So, there you go. so if this was I a wrestling think, uh, ring, yes. it would have been fine. Scott Brown, as Ian said before, um, we should do a podcast on what wrestler Scott Brown would uh, be and just build him up. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Talk through a WrestleMania moment, etc. as he uh, yeah. squashes Halliday in his first match at Raw. You know, <laughs> I think Ryan Kent has ruined his chances of getting a move to Celtic, which is unfortunate <laughs> Kent, for the poor guy. See, what, what, he's actually all right, isn't he? He's fast. He's, uh, he's he did well for. Aye, I thought moves. actually. I, I was having, I was discussing it with someone yesterday, and, and I was thinking it from the the Liverpool perspective. So he said he had a good season, scored a really good goal yesterday, and and did have a good game. Lost his head and punched somebody in the face. <laughs> you, at, at, at every club, you, especially a club like Man City, Liverpool, where they loan a lot of players out, you'll have a coach or, or normally a scout who watches all the loan players, prepares reports, and submits those reports yeah. each week. Liverpool will be looking at it thinking, "We've all played football manager." This, 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 <laughs> <laughs> this guy's an asset of ours who's clearly talented, you know, to some level. Isn't going to make Liverpool first team, but he is an asset. And we can potentially sell him for seven, eight, nine million. He is not able to handle the pressure of that game. He's not able to handle getting beat in a city that he's lived in for nine months for a rivalry that he probably doesn't properly understand, like the way fans do. Because fans yeah. always think, oh, I would have punched him. Frank Kent's not a Rangers fan. He's no. someone who couldn't handle being goaded in the middle of the park. If I was Liverpool or I was the scout, I, I would be saying, I, I recommend, and it would be the same if it was Celtic. I don't think that that player can handle that. He's got to come back. So see this idea, A, that it's not going to happen. They, they wouldn't be able to buy him. But even the, the idea of a loan extension, I would be astounded if Liverpool sent him back up here, right. knowing that that's happened. Because they are thinking about the asset. They are not thinking about, oh, Stephen Gerrard used to be a great player for us. They are thinking, we can sell this guy for £10 million. He does that one more time in a football park, you can half that value. Yeah, I, I suspect that Kent will get picked up by even the Leicester. Um, Bournemouth I think I think he's probably I don't know if he's that I don't think he's that good like don't get me wrong I, th- I think he's good to, who's better him or Patrick Roberts Patrick well, Roberts I was going to say I'd take Roberts every time week. Um, but anyway, he's also got shite hair he's like, a fucking he's got really well. really he's poor hair and that can't also a part of the scout report ah, <laughs> that's, that, that's the know. new football manager yeah. that uh, gives you that option exactly. the, the um, other thing I quite liked was the boy Kamara who I think has supposedly had a very decent run of form. Yeah, yeah. And they, they dropped them for staunchness. <laughs> <laughs> Up the staunch level. But that's the thing, though. They, they want a certain type. They, they demand success with a certain type of player playing for them. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's pathetic. It's a, it's, they are living in a bygone era, and that's what they will be resigned to. The bygone days of your... I, I realise it might not be on not the... Good, uh, uh, not good for... I, I realise it, but just on the game. See, see when um, McGregor tries to act like the... The smart man before Celtic score. Ten seconds before. Pick, picking up the, oh, I'm going to pick up the ball. You're going to have to come and get it. French Eddie, I'm sure he doesn't call him French Eddie. <laughs> You're going to have to come and get it. Oh, I'm not picking up again. Come and get it. Seven seconds later, he's picking the ball. <laughs> That's fucking priceless. Um, just with, uh, just kind of final thoughts on the match. Uh, you know, this is a perfect scenario for us. That's, let's be honest, that's the eight. Um, in the bag. Lennon's done what he's had to do. Happy with that. Um I'd be happy to rotate the squad. I wouldn't be happy. Let's leave Tierney to recover. Um, I'd, part of me would also say if Brown's going to be... 
give Brown time to recover as well, bring him in for the last couple of games. I, I know we're playing St Mirren. I'd, I'd be happy to completely freshen up this squad and bre- inject a little bit of um, uh, pace as well. Um, you know, I, again, you mentioned on the, the last time you were on, Alan, that you didn't really know where we are plays. I can completely yeah. understand that. Um, but I'm, I'd be looking to do something. But what's your kind of final thoughts on the Glasgow humiliation of the pathetic rangers? So I think if... if in fact, there was a tweet that, that 100% summed up my thoughts that if you are in any way cynical around Lennon's chances of getting the job full-time and perhaps you would hope that the club are not going to give Lennon the full-time job, it was pretty much a perfect game because it kind of had everything and we got the win. You, got a, you got the win, but there was a number of question marks around Lennon and uh, yeah, so... Would you all agree with that? Is that right? Yeah, I'd say my takeaway from the game was that it was papered over by a, a fantastic late goal, which yeah. I think everybody enjoyed. Everybody's in the same team here. We all support Celtic, and everybody lost their composure when that goal went in. I apologise to yes. a lot of people around me. Lost <laughs> a lot of control at that point. Um, but it, it, it doesn't change the fact that you could really make an argument that he was um, outmanaged hmm. um, by his counterpart, who had a tougher hand going down to 10 men. And to be honest, that I've never really seen from Gerald anything that makes me think, and if anything, Rangers fans give him stick for the fact that he doesn't make changes. But he didn't change it two and three times. He changed it once, and we could not get to grips with it over the course of the next 60 minutes. And that, for me, that's a huge concern. Bowed? Uh, yeah, pretty much agree with all that. Um, I don't know if we touched on in Cham too much, I think. Before he tired, he looked great. He oh, had a lovely sh- chance where he shaped his body perfectly. Um, Forrest as well, outstanding for both goals. And Yeah, I, I was going to just say, I, I love Cham. I think he's very underrated. I understand why people maybe have a little bit of reservation because he came with a price tag, a price tag for a big price tag for us in terms of you know where we are spending-wise. Um, and he's been a little bit inconsistent. Also, those injuries throw that into the mark. I think we should be building a team around him. Mm-hmm. Lennon came out today and he said if, he's, if he gets the job, he's going to build a team around Brown. I'd be more inclined to build a team around Cham. Um and Cham, to me, I was not. Uh, he just always has the ball. Like even when he's got the ball, he rarely stops the ball dead. He always moves the ball. He always drags it one way or the other. He always has it in motion, um, which I think is a sign of a really fantastic player. That ball with the outside of his right foot oh, in the first three minutes was just electric. Electric. It really set the tone. I think you said oh, that yeah, earlier. It really, really set the tone for the game. Um, and I, and Cham, to me, is a player that I think we can him and Edward. Um, an iron at the back could be a really fantastic, a different type of Celtic though. And I think that's what, you know, as we move forward, um, big decisions will be made in terms of the manager, in terms of personnel being brought in. But we're going to have to maybe, we might change how we're going to play. We might change what we're looking for. And, you know, we'll see where we are. But the fact is, that match was Scott Brown stamping his authority all over Scottish football. It was Scott Brown stamping his authority all over Rangers. In a class way. And a classy way. <laughs> he had a top hat on, there was a monocle. Hello, sir. Hello. Um, I just want to, we've got like five minutes left and five, ten minutes left, eight minutes. Um, and I just want to kind of talk about the hyperbole surrounding this match. Uh, how many times has the phrase shame game been used in the last decade or two? Uh, well, lots. And I think the thing is that when you think about shame game, generally speaking, 
you would think that the team that had three red cards, as as, as will happen, would be perhaps um, traditionally you know, yep. be the be the team where oh that's that you really caused shame, not the player who was attacked twice and happened to celebrate in slightly yeah. their own place. That's the, it's not even. Well, we have to be balanced. <laughs> Let's blame both teams. Like, They're blaming the team that were assaulted repeatedly. <laughs> And the team that get red cards they all blame, over the show. They blamed their fans. Yep. They blamed their players. They've blamed their captain. I'm surprised that Neil Lennon hasn't been thrown under the bus. But well, he looked a bit funny one time uh, at Gerard. So he, he, ran out, he ran out his technical area again. Oh, so see, see, for this is, I find it astounding. Rangers equalise, huge goal. Potentially at that point, they're thinking they can go and win the game. They might be in seven points. They're going to fucking get 55 the bubbles burst out, I get that. See when Rangers equalise, everybody in Parkhead's fuming. Absolutely. Rangers technical staff are running down the touchline, they're on the pitch, the players are going wild. It's horrible to watch and it is, it absolutely makes you sick to your stomach. But, do you know what? You just hope that you can get them back at some point. Fortunately, in this case, we did and you tag a wee bit of interest onto that. That's the way it works. See this idea that you need to... Um, go grab the ball and go and run back to the half line. Absolutely not. People say, oh, Scottish football's this and it's that. This is Scottish football. I get there's a lot of stuff that happens outside of the game. People will have to take personal responsibility for that. In that stadium, nothing other than three assaults. Nothing else happened in that game that I would describe as shame. Guys running on a park, yeah, I realise that's against the bylaws in the stadium and it's an offence. That's fine. They'll take their medicine. I, that doesn't make it a shame game. That just makes it, you know, guys run on a park, so be it. A bit over-enthusiastic. Nobody was hurt. Absolutely fine. But punching people, causing a fracas after the game, because Helping you can't someone. take the fact that you get beat, that is where it comes from. Everything else then is just waffle and... See the game, see the game in uh, the one where we, where we dominated uh, at the start of the season and we didn't, you know, they couldn't lay a glove on us, right? They couldn't get near us. I think I can't remember who it was, but like, oh, it was you know, it was a bit of a sanitised atmosphere, and Celtic fans knew they were going to win, and you know, the, everyone turned up, and you know, it's a shame that this game has developed into something where, right? Yeah. And then, if we go back to when the guy ran on the pitch and grabbed Scott Brown by the the throat, huh? and he tried to attack, and Lee you Griffiths didn't even get done. Like, like that game's never mentioned. <laughs> Never fucking mentioned. They threw big giant um, batteries at, at Lee Griffiths. Griffiths. Huh? They threw balls at um, Scott Sinclair. They were racist towards Scott Sinclair. That's not the shame game. And this is the, the as Bowdy says, oh balance. There is no balance. This John Beatty, rugby guy. I'm on air. Spoken to Police Federation. They say violence at these football at these football matches. Well, that's the other thing. In a fuck off. It's funny how judges never say that. You know, you never hear a judge saying, yeah, it was Scott Brown's fault, so um, I'm going to let you off with it. Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, matches it worse for 20 years. Player behaviour carries over to fans. So see when these rugby players are sticking their fucking fingers in guys' eyes and elbow dropping them. and slip their ears. Yeah. They bite each other's ears. They're animals. They drink each other's piss. That's a fact. That's the bylaws of the rugby. <laughs> That's the bylaws. Tom English says, you can't pass backwards and you drink other each other's piss. piss. Yeah. If nightclubs were run this way, they'd be shut down. What? Have you been to the garage on a fucking Saturday <laughs> night? Also, like, uh, someone tweeted, I can't remember who it was, they were tweeting about, like, um, gigs and stuff and, like, how transmitted. Trans- like, had, uh, like, you know what I mean? Like, more, it, it, it's, it's rugby guys talking about football. I ain't drink a glass of pish. 
What about the Glasgow Saracens game? No, no, no. Don't go there. But you know, I was we, I was going to do a wee thing called like I can't believe they tweeted that, but there's too many. Um, that's one of them. Graham Spears. Actually, I'll read the Graham Spears. Spears one, one is fuck it. Graham Spears. Have to say, I wasn't in the slightest bit impressed with Scott Brown's antics today. Provoking, goading, laughing at defeated players. Laughing. Acting, <laughs> acting like the all-round tit. There was no classy. There was nothing classy about it at all. Do you know what? There's nothing classy about Graham. It's tweeting the word tit. <laughs> can, can I add a personal grievance here? Yes. My concern over Graham Spears is that he seems to think that supermarket own brand lager from Marks and Spencers counts as the best possible craft beer going. I find that disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> they sell it to people in train stations because they have nowhere else to go. <laughs> he literally has. This a, is the issue. He has a face. But craft beer's fancy and Marks and Spencer's is fancy, so I don't. He might be right, Alan. No, no, he's not. He's wrong. He's he's, he's objectively wrong. Bowed. I'm sorry. Um, I, sorry. I needed a platform to share that. that that's Good. fine. I really needed to get that out. This is this is the platform. Uh, bit angry towards the end there. I'm sorry. My dad's going to get me in trouble for shit um, for swearing as he does every. Janice swear. As he says, do you need to swear? Fuck's sake. When are we getting Big <laughs> Dinny on? That's the question. Uh, well, who knows? Uh, then you'll hear some swearing, I can assure you. <laughs> yeah. um, so, uh, that's our thoughts. We're at our time. Um, in fact, is there any one final thoughts on the game, genuinely, or the situation as a whole? Because this whole thing of, you know, shame game bullshit will kind of carry on for two days and then it'll fade away. For me, the thing that we need to now think about going forward, obviously there's a huge game against Aberdeen. Um, that I think means that you really have to keep your focus. So the rotation of squad has to be subtle. I don't think you can make wholesale changes. Yeah. But I think realistically now the onus, whether we win a double or whether we win a treble, the onus now has to be on the board. Thinking about the managerial situation because there's a lot of players. So it's fine Lennon saying the building round Brown, but if Lennon's not the manager, the new manager needs to know because we need a lot of players next year. Yeah. You start talking up the positions that we need next year, that's a lot of business. Um, so it's business the, time. The, the league's done. That's fine. You win the Scottish Cup. Fantastic. That's the managerial side of it. The board now need to be really. Mark Rose yeah. is looking to go to Gladbach. He's always been highly sought after there. Three different clubs. All um, one club thought they had him in November. That's he's just ignored that one. Um, I don't think I've ever seen such a high profile diss. <laughs> wow. Um, so I, I always, I always thought that was unlikely, and I think most people did as well. But. Pout. Aye. The only other thing I was going to say is um, you'd mentioned the comments of the police. I don't think are institutionally racist and sectarian police force or the people <laughs> that we should be listening to about the problems in this country. But what a boy. Uh, Ian, anything else? I'm very, very happy for Scott Brown. And as I say, has has completely redeemed himself from, from probably and a career low in December. And, and what fucking style to do it. And Louis McCaffrey will be getting pelters at the live lunch on Friday. Any means necessary. Any means necessary. Any means necessary we can give him pelters. That'll be fine. That could be, your, uh, that could be in your intro for next week. Just Louis saying any means necessary. Uh, Michael Lustig. Don't need to say anything else. Um, well, there was a lot of questions, but I th- we tried to I tried to answer and integrate a lot of them, but be- we just get carried away. So I'm sorry if we didn't answer what questions that we were asking. But that's our show. Ian Dugan, a pleasure as always. I'll see you on Friday for live lunch. I will be there. Yep. Thank you for having me. Alan Edgar, I'll see you soon, sir. And say hello to your dad for us. Cathartic as ever. Hi, dad. Chris Bowd. Just send me a beep on Friday if you need honours. Beep on Friday if you need honours. I'm Chris Gallagher, we're the 90-Minute Cynic, and we'll speak to you down the road. What is hyperbole? Hyperbole is exaggeration for effect. 
It's usually done to show strong feeling or emotional response. We are in the midst of the most volatile season on and off the park for many years. Uh, some of the officers that were working at Celtic Park were saying, this is the worst they've ever seen in 15, 20 years of service. It's terrible. That's the thing about the old firm game. It goes too far. Most of the time when it goes too far, we love it. Well, you're playing against a player that loves to antagonise. If it's disgraceful, you've got to behave yourself. You're not sensitive change in mood. Scott Brown winding up the Rangers fans. I don't think that's new either. Scott Brown, you guys said it earlier. Something like 35 of these games he's played them. It's kicking off again down in the pitch. Scott Brown play the next Glasgow derby behind closed doors. The Alfredo Morelos is looking from being provoked. Exception to what Scott Brown did yesterday. Player behaviour the weekend was, was unacceptable. Scott Brown inciting the crowd. Uh, Scott Brown, when he goes over to the Rangers fans, that's dangerous. Ryan Kent incident comes from being provoked. Scott Brown. Scott Brown. Antagonistic. Scott Brown. Scott Brown. Mayhem. Scott Brown was at the centre of it all. Chaos. Scott Brown. Scott Brown. Antagonist. Scott Brown. Scott Brown. Scott Brown. Scott Brown. Scott Brown. Scott Brown. The game. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> <laughs> We come here, we won, we can, we count. We come here, we won, we can, we count. Easy, yeah, it's fine. It's all about the game, and all you play is all about your time. If you can take it, it's all about your dead. If you can play it, it's all about pain. Easy, yeah, it's fine. Comes out to the Celtic. It was pretty much men versus boys at the end of the day. It wasn't a problem, there was no battling whatsoever. It wasn't a problem, there was no battling whatsoever. I think the scoreline talks for itself. Comes out to the Celtic <laughs> what about uh, Andy Halliday at the end? Oh, he came up to congratulate me. <laughs> <laughs>